like waffles? Yeah, we like waffles. Do you like pancakes? Yeah, we like pancakes. Do you like French toast? Yeah, we like French toast. Dip, 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 can't wait to get a mouthful. Hello, welcome to the Sports Waffle. Matt Myers here. I'm joined again this week by Nick Shaw, Nick Owen and Jonah. Charlie is again sadly defending the world at Gatwick, uh, protecting all those bad people from getting in. Um, right, so we're going to crack straight on this week. Obviously, we have the NFL draft this weekend. Um, a few interesting stories coming out of that. The first one for me, though. Do you guys think that all the speculation and the 43,000 different pre-NFL drafts, people's, what do they call them, mock drafts and all that sort of bollocks, does it ruin it for you guys? Mr. Olrenshaw. Yes and no. The reason I'm saying no is because I'm well into my fantasy football. So everything finished draft-wise Saturday, for, yeah, Saturday afternoon. I was ready to pick my players to come then because I've spent so many months listening to mock drafts and where players are going to go. And that's the kind of stuff I listen to. But knowing that Burrow's going to go number one, boring after a bit. It's like, and then you go, well, he's going to go number two, Jay and then Jeff Kuda. And it's all just scripted for one. You actually want it to go wrong. You want that trade or you want someone to go, we'll trade up and cut Mitch Trubisky because it screws it all up, and that's what I like. But, yeah, I do think it ruins it a little bit. Jonah? I thought, like, like you said, when it's predictable, it's boring, and every mock draft I saw had in the top ten at least five trades. And then, and the reality of it was they didn't. Um, I also thought the speculation of, like, with the, the way it was, like, filmed and shot, they just didn't have there didn't many like great moments where people were getting the calls. It was all seemed a bit delayed and cut and the coverage of it was just horrific. Nick? Yeah, I'm, I'm similar to my fellow Nick in that I'm big on my fancy football. So I've been listening to mocks, um, uh, reading mocks for weeks. Um, it was like watching it on draft night. I stayed up and watched it. And the first Certainly the first four picks were pretty much a formality. You you might as well have just skipped them and gone straight to Miami to see whether they go with Tua or whether they completely mess up and, and draft Justin Herbert. Um, but the first, the first real shock for me was when uh, Henry Ruggs was the first receiver off the board. Yeah. That was the first time in the draft I thought, whoa, I wasn't expecting that. And that was like, what, pick 12, pick 13? Um, I think, like you said, it gets mocked to death. And then me as a fan, I get filled with a bit of false hope then because I see so many names that we're linked with. And then it comes to draft night and you realise that all these pundits aren't actually GMs or head coaches. And what actually happens is completely different to what's been mocked out in, certainly in a lot of the rounds. But like you said, first round, most of it's just formality, really. Yeah. I think for me, the not doing every year I try and do fantasy football and after about week one I'm going I'm bored of this usually because I've picked like people who are off in the same week and it's crap so the only part for me of the draft is actually the exciting part of stuff happening 
And I sat down and watched it, thinking, well, 49ers would be a pick 13. I thought, well, I'll watch that one and then, you know, knock it on the head. And we got to pick five and everything was sort of as it should be. And then Tua gets picked. I just kind of sat there and kind of went, if I'd have read about this tomorrow, I'd have gone, oh, yeah, that's kind of what we expected. And not really being too bothered about it. The cynical side of me, however, because of what I do, within 20 minutes of Tua being drafted, sports memorabilia has got Tua signed Miami Dolphins helmets up. And there's a big part of me that kind of goes, how much of this actually has been decided weeks and weeks ago? And it's just the NFL spin on getting all these thousands of mock drafts out so that we've actually got something to watch. Actually, the first round was decided weeks ago. And we know nothing's really going to happen. But, uh, yeah, that was kind of it for me. I'm really disappointed by it all. The coverage was average to poor. Um, I agree with you. There's the stuff with the kids in their own home. It seemed like they were 45 minutes behind or they were five minutes too late. They were all jumping around, running around the house or just put the kettle on. It was really weird. Yeah. But what I also found really bizarre was Roger Goodell talking to a screen, a screen asking for booze. It just seemed <laughs> so false. And it were every single pick is weird. Come on, come on. It's like, no, just let it happen naturally. It's just not the same when you're enticing these kind of things to happen. Was there, did you see much of the... Uh, oh, I think we just lost Joan. We'll be back in a minute. Did you see much of the story around that booze thing? Did you know why he was trying to encourage it? No. No. So, um, Anheuser-Busch, it's Anheuser-Busch, don't Budweiser, uh, they were doing this for every uh, hashtag on Twitter that was boo the commish. They were donating so much money to charities. So, they were encouraging the boo the commissioner uh, stuff. So, oh, that was kind of why he was trying to amp it up as well. It was, it was, it was kind of done for a good cause, just as with everything. It seemed to be done quite badly. You know, for something that prides itself on being the, the greatest entertainment, the greatest show, um, it kind of wasn't, you know. And like no, we said no. last time, you know, you're trying to cut to someone on Wi-Fi in bumfuck Alabama. They're not going to have the greatest Wi-Fi. It is going to be quite slow. But you would have still thought with it that they've done a half-decent job. Yeah, you'd expect so. One thing I did notice in the last podcast we did, when you put the picture up of Goodell's basement, and there was just two bobbleheads. Don't know if you'd noticed it, but he kept moving Mike Ditka around throughout the, uh, throughout the night. I thought that was brilliant. I kept looking for him all the way through. I didn't know he'd move in the first. I'm not going to lie. I didn't make it to the 49ers pick. I was fast asleep by about pick eight. So I kind of gave up, watched it sort of partly on the next day. But that's what they should have done. They should have made it different every time, just moving random stuff or putting random things in just to make it a bit more interesting. So next question for you then, guys. Why did so Nick? You are LA Rams. Sorry, Nick Owen. You are LA Rams. Nick Olman, sure you are Chicago Bears. Bears. Um, let me add our man back in. Here he is. Have we got him? Jonah, you're back. Here nah, he is. He's back. Man of the hour. Um, Jonah, you're a 49ers fan like me. So, Mr. Owen, what made you become a Rams fan? Um. It dates back to 2003 and um, used to go to my uncle's house who I think it, it may have been a PS2, but if it was, it was certainly in the early stages of a PS2. It may have been a PS1. But I, I remember he had Madden, I think it was 2003, and Marshall Falk was on the cover. Um, I'd never watched the game of NFL before, uh, American football for that matter. Um, but Every time I went down, he was on this game, and there was um, 
I don't know if either of you are familiar with sports games now, but there's a lot of this ultimate team where uh, brands like EA seem to have just cashed in on uh, Joe Joe Public. Yeah, Um, cashed in on Joe Public as a way to just drop more and more money into the game once it's gone out. Um, I've been, when when I used to have a PS4, I was exactly the same, Nick. I'd get FIFA and I'd, I'd spend stupid money on Ultimate Team. But at the time on, on Madden, there was this thing called Madden Cards, which was like an Ultimate Team before its time, but they were absolutely pointless. You couldn't do anything with them. You just unlocked them and there they were. Um, and I was fascinated by this Madden Cards. Um, so for that reason, I asked my mum and dad if they would buy me Madden 2003. And to get the cards, you had to pick a team, obviously to play games and the game's got you the, the points to get the cards. Um, and I had no idea at the time who was good, who was on the on the down, on the up. Uh, but I gathered, you went on logo alone. I gathered that whoever would be on the cover would be a good team. So I went with the Rams because Marshall Falk was on the cover. And they were good at the time. If you use Marshall Falk at any stage in that game, you were probably taking it to the house. Um Obviously, at the time, little did I know that I was then going to have to suffer about 12 years of <laughs> negative seasons and first-round picks that didn't pan out. But that's where it dates back to for me. You ever, uh, have you ever got, well, did you ever go to St. Louis or have you ever been to see the Rams? No, I've, I've seen them three times. Uh, first time I ever saw them was at Wembley and they played the Patriots. Um, first play of the game, um, Sam Bradford launched a ball to Chris Givens, I think. Uh, 60 yards touchdown. I thought, happy days. This is this is what I came to see. Um, we didn't score for the rest of the game and lost about 43 points to seven. Um, but I've seen them twice since. Once they won, and once they lost to the Giants. So thankfully, I have seen them win. But no, I've not. I didn't go, didn't get to go to St. Louis. But yeah, LA is it. definitely on the bucket list. Yeah, you missed nothing with St. Louis. Tell, I'll tell you that for nothing. <laughs> Mr. Oldenshaw, bear down. Why? I wish I had some intriguing story like I was chased by a bear, but <laughs> it really wasn't anything extravagant. It was literally a case of I was sat in uh, lunch hall at work and a few lads there talking about NFL. And I'm thinking, I'm going to have to get into this because I'm being left out of a conversation. So I get to home and I says to my young lad at the time, who'd have been about three, got a map of the US out, put a finger on that map, and that's how we'll have, uh, have the bears. And he actually picked Detroit. But as a West Ham fan, I couldn't support any Lions. So <laughs> we went for like the next nearest thing with Chicago. So that's how we kind of got stuck with the Bears. Jonah, why a 49ers fan? Well, back when the Bears made the Super Bowl uh, with Grossman on the centre, when was that again? And they lost to the Colts. The lad I lived with at the time was a big Bears fan. So we used to watch the NFL on Sunday night on his on like on the TV in the lounge, and they had a great run. So they were on quite a lot, and even a support. And I was like, "Ah, oh, support whoever the Bears are playing each week. That'll keep me entertained." And he's like, "No, nah, you've got to pick a team. You've got to pick a team." And I was watch. They did like the highlights package, you know, the touchdowns. And Alex Smith did like a just a proper like sneaky like fake handoff. They all piled up the middle, and he just trickled around the corner, the board won the game. And I was like, ah, oh, yeah, that's class. I'll support them. They'll do. They wear red. So that'll, that'll do me. Um, 
And yeah, I didn't realize. I was like, oh, cool. They're like two and 10. Is that, is that good? And he was like, no. But then over the sort of time, you sort of like, you look at it and San Francisco is an incredible city. Um, and then obviously you realize you've got like things. Once you sort of like learn about a city, you get more into it. And we actually ended up going to San Francisco on a honeymoon based on the fact that I wanted to go to see the city. And, you know, once I got really into it, I suppose, was the start of the harbour period. So we were good. It was interesting. Kaepernick, regardless of whatever he was, he was box office for those probably 12, 18 months. And then obviously the last three or four years, apart from this one, have been horrendous viewing. But once you've bitten, you've bitten, aren't you, I suppose. So Alex Smith, trick play, got me for life. Yeah. Lots of blame Alex Smith for, to be honest, as a 49ers fan. So for me, my story is similar to, to Nick's, although sadly from a few years prior. So mine was the old SNES, Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Um, and I had Madden, oh, I don't know, 90 fucking something. And um, because, again, I knew nothing about the game, you just put it in, you play whichever two teams are on the quick, the quick game option and... The home team was always the 49ers, so kind of stuck with it. And then, um, yeah, so I've been probably since the early 90s. And I have a sad story that when I was, when did we go to the US? 99? 99, I think we went to the US and I bought a Steve Young jersey. I bought it like 77 million sizes too big for me at that age. And I grew out of it two years ago. Absolutely, the saddest moment of my entire life was the fact that I got too fat to wear my Steve Young jersey because <laughs> it's a proper authentic Reebok one. It's lovely. It cost me about four million pounds back when the dollar was crap against the quid. Or no, it was good against the quid. It wasn't as bad. But it was, uh, yeah, one of one of those ones. I quite like that jersey. But um, yeah, it's been an up and down time for the Niners. But uh, looks looks like we're going on the upwards curve, which is always nice. If you didn't follow the teams that you all follow, who do you think you would follow instead, given what you know now? You see, I'm very much an underdog. I love not not an underdog as such where I'd go and pick the Browns, but just like a middle of the road. Like I say, I'm a West Ham fan as well, so that's my kind of level of liking equivalent, and I do think the Bears are that kind of equivalent. But I really would like the Titans, purely for the fact I'd love to go to Nashville. <laughs> it looks yeah. like an amazing city when they had the draft there last year uh, I thought that looks absolutely amazing all these neon lights and everything I thought imagine going to watch football then going out and all that perfect there that yeah it'd be a good laugh that rock a few cowboy boots and that I'd be all over it I think see my nephew picked a team this season so his my brother-in-law's a Giants fan he actually went over to watch the Giants uh, against Washington this this season. Um, so he, the son was like, you've got to pick a team. And he was like, well, the Giants are rubbish, don't support them. And it took about four weeks to pick him a team. So I think I'd go off, I'd go off kit, I think. I genuinely would. If I was going to pick a team, I'd probably go Jacksonville based on the fact you could go and watch him in London and the kit's decent colour, something different. But I wouldn't look. I wouldn't definitely want to pick a team based off how good I think they're going to be. Yeah, I don't think anybody knows that sort of stuff, do they? Uh, I think for me, you know, I'd, I'd be one of three. I'd say I would be 
the part of my heart that lives in New Orleans, having remembered a lot, because I flew through the start of Hurricane Katrina many years ago, coming back from the US, and followed that quite closely with the Reggie Bush stuff, as I spoke last time, the Reggie Bush draft and all that side of things. So there's a, there's a part of me that always likes New Orleans. Uh, if not New Orleans, having lived in Missouri, I'd be a Chiefs fan. Um, and then if not them, love Pat McAfee, so probably be a Colts fan. That'd be my three. You, Nick, who would you have? I've loved New York as a city um, and follow the Nets in the basketball. So I feel like if I was sticking to a city, um, I mean, it would have been easy to stick to all LA teams, um, especially given that the Lakers are out there and <laughs> uh, the Dodgers and whoever else. But that's too easy. Um, I started with the Rams, so I'm, uh, <laughs> now they're in LA, I might as well uh, spread about a little bit. But I always think if I was going to America, what places would I like going? Um, and New York's an unbelievable city. I'd probably go with maybe the Giants or my dad's a Steelers fan. So had I have known back then when I chose a team around, like about history and stuff like that, see, I am one of those that will overanalyze. I'll spend four weeks trying to pick a team and going over kit, location, former players, fans, stadium, all that's the ease of access location-wise. I'd probably go Pittsburgh Steelers. It's weird, actually. It's one of the questions I get quite a lot, certainly when we do the surprise boxes, because obviously we get a lot of the NCAA stuff for that. And people go, oh, how should I pick a college? You know, what should I pick? And it's kind of like, there's two ways to look at it. You either pick a team because you're going to watch them on the telly, or if you're going to go and watch a game, who are you most likely to be able to go and see? So I normally say to people, when someone kind of goes, I'm not really going to watch it, but if I was over there, and I'm probably going to go and holiday to Florida, I might pick a game if I went in September. So I tend to say to people, well, look, go Hurricanes or Gators, then at least you've got a chance of seeing one. Uh, but if they are actually going to watch stuff, then you know, <laughs> have a dig about and pick. Say again. I was waiting for that. That's you. Uh, you know, there's, there's limitations. That's what I, that's what I, I was I were in a similar position. I were like, I went over to Disney in 2016 and I'm sat there. Kids are tired out from walking around parks and I'm sat in this hotel room and I'm watching it were opening game at college season and it was FSU against I can't remember but Dalvin Cook in his last year there and uh, he ran must have been about 30-40 yard run and it will spin an inch of dropping it this side of the goal line it let it go and it went to review and everything it was one of them did he or did it drop it too soon but as I'm watching I'm thinking that jersey is really smart and <laughs> let's be honest if I'm going to come Florida again it's a few a couple of hours drive, but I could probably make a game there. Yeah. Uh, so, and I went to Universal a couple of days later, and the FSU players, faculty, everything were all there because oh, they nice. were playing at Campy World Stadium in Orlando. So they were all there. So then I thought, that well, that's obviously my sign of a college team. So that's how I ended up with that. Um, but yeah, it's it's different ball game, isn't it, college? Because they're not, you can't like associate them with an NFL team. They don't really link because they're completely different. And you've got the player turnover. You can't get too too tied up to to sort of your loyalties can sometimes like you can pick a team because you like a certain player, but then your your turnover of player is every few years, so you're literally just stuck with that team and whatever players you get, whatever players you get. But I'm with you, Florida State is that is some jersey. Probably stick an order in for that soon, Matt. Actually, Good keep an eye out for that. <laughs> I tell you what, the order we just sent in, um, I think we pretty much cleared 
fanatic stock of the army army gear. I That's a I nice or- jersey, though. Oh, it's lush, isn't it? I think I ordered seven. I think we we bought seven of that other army jersey. It was like forty quid, and it's like so going through, and I was just like, oh, I just can get quite a lot in this basket. Why can I get so much in it? Normally, my allowed fifty. I had a look, there's literally seven of this bloody jersey. It's, uh, that's probably one of the nicest ones I've seen. Yeah. So, go on then. Back to your teams. Obviously, I didn't even see the 49ers first round draft pick, so I'm going to stay well out of this one. But how do you feel your teams, from a personal point of view, knowing as little as we do about the game, um, how do you feel your team did? Start with you, Jonah, because I don't catch me up on how the 49ers did. I think it was, it was a three, it's like obviously three days of the draft, and day two was absolutely nothing to do with us. But um, seeing as the other boys haven't got anything to say about day one, I might as well go first. Um, I thought the trading down was a great move. Uh, we picked up a fourth-round pick, and we were like, I was made up. I, I wanted a like-for-like for Buckner or as close as we could get. We don't need a great deal. It's not, we're not a team like the Dolphins who needed five or six, seven or eight new players. We only needed to replace what we had. I thought that I quite like Brandon Ayuk, Ayuk, however you pronounce that. I, I when I did a mock draft on uh, for a different different site, I, I liked what I saw and I thought he'd fit well with what Shanahan does. But I thought trading up for him was a bit steep, um, especially as we we, had, we we came in with limited picks and then we we came out of day one with less. Um, but yeah, so day two I had a mate that was watching the full day and I just texted him and said, oh, let me know if anything goes down with the 49ers. And then on day three, I don't think the, I think on, it's, it's, you know, it's a bit of a lucky dip, isn't it? On the day three, what you get, but I think getting the trades on day three, what we, that we did were fantastic. We I think we shelled out, we lost 7 million of cap space or we gained 7 million, sorry. And we signed one of the best left tackles in the game. So, I mean, it was gutting. Yeah, Trent Williams things, deal but, was quite good, wasn't it? I mean, Yeah. So, and then once we traded Breeder away, he was never going to stay on that contract for half of Trent Williams. It, we didn't get any weaker and we probably improved in the draft, which I'm happy with. Two questions then. And I've forgotten both of them. No, first one is, who traded with us from 14 to 13? Tampa. Why? Did we take, were they going to, who were they going to, who did they take? They took Wirtz, the... Tackle, and oh, they big. thought that Stay might retire. Right, yeah. so they 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 did think we were going to take him. They thought they obviously thought we were going to take him. Yeah, but I mean, I, I think everyone thought the wide that forty nine going to go wide receiver early on. That's what most mocks picked. But I didn't ever think they were going to do the Shanahan and Lynch have always stacked the D line. They wanted to rush if they have a top decent front four. You don't need to blitz much, so. I didn't think at any point we were going to take a tackle. So it seemed like we robbed them blind, but then we Minnesota caught us on the way back out of the heist and got everything we had for pick 25. Right. Cool. And then I'm thinking on something you just said, actually, do you think then round one and two, you pick a player more? So if you imagine there's got a, uh, a flex here that you've got their overall skill and ability, and then persona and individual character. Rounds one and two, it's all about skill. And then rounds three, four, five, six, and seven, you kind of judge this bit more because you're thinking actually the skill level they're going to be at is not as high. 
So actually, I want to take a put someone who's got a massive work ethic because you look at Brady round six, pick one nine nine. Mm-hmm. You kind of go, well, I'm going I... to take someone with his work ethic over someone who you know might run a four three forty, but is a bit of a dick. I think the 49ers gone heavy on character. Um, they got stung with Reuben Foster a couple of drafts ago. And the Javon Kinlaw story is incredible. I don't know if anyone's looked, anyone heard about it. He didn't eat for his first four days at uni because he had, he had no money and he didn't realise it was free. Didn't realise the food was free. He's, yeah. It's, so I think, I think it's characters massive in both, in all the rounds. But I think... Obviously, like last year with Bose or with Kyler Murray or with Joe Burrows, you know what you're going to get. I think these people from the small schools in particular, if they might only have one or two attributes that you think he might be something. And they might just be camp fodder at the end of the day. And if you've got a, uh, like a Super Bowl roster, you only need two or three. You haven't lost a lot. Sanders and Buckner, we don't need our five, six and seven to hit. But if you have a... Bonus. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what the revisionism will be in a year's time. If your fifth round pick turns out to be a Pro Bowl tight end or a Pro Bowl tackle or whatever it is, the GM gets another year in the job, doesn't he? <laughs> Absolutely. Bear down. Bear down. Bear down. Round two. Round, we had nothing in first because we traded it all away for Khalil Mack. Um, See, they just, yeah, signed, had... they just signed his brother. Yes, undrafted free agent. That, that's definitely one of these where <laughs> yeah. he went, Khalil went, my brother wants to play football. Well, <laughs> yeah, all right then. So he's going to be, he's going to come under that camp fodder that Jonah was just talking about, I think. Um, but yeah, first round was quiet. We didn't, I, I didn't expect us to trade up. We just didn't have the draft picks. We only had about six to start with. But second round, I did expect us to trade down a little bit. So first all, we picked up Corkabet, tight end. So massive need for us. But We've actually got 10 tight ends on a roster now. 10 tight ends. It's like a fifth of your roster. Ridiculous. Um, just Trubisky can't throw it any further than 15 yards. Well, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, so that were an interesting one. And then we went cornerback at pick 50, which I thought would have traded down to get a few more picks because we had nothing from that second down to round five. We did get a comp pick at round four and we used that to go and get Nick Fall. So it's, it's, it was one of them for us. It were there's really only them two picks that can make an impact now. I think and that Jalen Johnson, uh, cornerback, apparently, from what I've been listening, around one talent, but he's had uh, just coming off uh, shoulder surgery. He's had shoulder surgery on his other shoulder and another surgery, and he's like 22. So he's had like three surgeries by the time he's 22. So he's a typical Bears signing. So I'm not, <laughs> not too shocked by it, but yeah, it's not been the best draft. It a... never is when you don't get your impact player. Did you take a QB at all? No. I, I, I right falls, didn't they? Yeah, because we picked yeah. falls up. But I've um, seen a few mock drafts and they had us down as taking from at pick number 50 in round two. So I'm walking my dog on on Saturday afternoon and I'm watching it and from still there I like pick one on fifty odd I'm looking at it and then it went bears have traded up I'm thinking they're getting from they're getting from then they take a defensive end when we've already just got Mac we've got Mac obviously and then Robert Quinn we just traded for with Cowboys I'm thinking why we're taking a defensive end but we only give up one of next year's picks so we still had pick one six three 
So I'm like, definitely taking him then, passing him again, and then passing him again, and then Bill took him. So, but no, we didn't pick up one QB. Even in free agency, there were a couple, uh, Anthony Gordon and Stephen Montez, both half decent, but they went undrafted and one went to Washington and other to Seattle. So Bears didn't pick up any QBs. Ryan Pratis, a GM in seven drafts, has only picked up one QB, and that's Trubisky. Passed down by Holmes and about four other guys. Not the best record. Yeah. What did uh, the little little man genius McVeigh do over in uh, over in LA? I was quite concerned going into this draft because this I think this is the third year where we've not had a first round pick, and obviously mortgaged the house last year on getting Jalen Ramsey in, who we've still not locked down yet. And next year's pick is also on Jalen Ramsey, so. Um, that that could make or break the draft because it felt like we'd picked Jalen Ramsey in the first round of this draft, but then he's only with us potentially for another 12 months. Um, I thought we were in big rebuild mode, but the way we drafted, it didn't didn't seem that way. I was quite surprised we went as high as we did second round. Cam Akers, Van Jefferson. I thought there was other needs that would have been addressed in those rounds. Um maybe a defensive end or, or an edge rusher. Um, linebackers, we've basically got none. We're, we're probably on the verge of putting some of the coaches there. Um, but I think the thing with, with Sneed and, well, more so Sneed than McVeigh, but he, he seems to find talent in that sort of round two to round four window. Um, I, I look back on some of our other drafts in just recent years, Cooper Cup, uh, John Johnson were were both third rounders, and you know, Cup's been he's been awesome since he's come into the league when we were lacking a receiver um, prior to getting Brandon Cooks in and shipping him off again. Um, and Robert Woods, but um, like John Johnson, prior to his injury, was was playing at Pro Bowl level. So it, we, we've got we've obviously got decent talent scouts there that can find find the good good players rounds two to four beyond that like you said it's a lottery but I, I mean I was concerned watching it because um, uh, we, we drafted a player called Terrell Lewis and his little his little highlight card came up with his with his college best bits and two of the highlights on there was his Mike Tyson impression and his 25 missed games in his college career <laughs> so Some of those- um, he's some of those were horrific. Was it pick six where oh. just talked about his dad got it by a car? There was one where yeah, I think he, his dad his dad died saving him when he was younger. Um, I think it was Gross Matos who went to Seattle. Um, his dad died saving him when he was younger, and his brother was struck by lightning um, on one of the the days where you should be at your most happiest in your life, getting drafted to the NFL. Uh, you're reminded of absolute tragedy and sorrow that occurred in your family I mean they could have picked some different surely there's there's bigger highlights not not bigger as such but surely there's highlights nice they could highlights. have yeah. yeah certainly not dragging up like past, past fatalities yeah it did seem like X Factor with all these Every, everyone seemed to have a family member that died it's like, yeah but, like they, they were auditioning the for the draft yeah <laughs> <laughs> It is, it is mental. I guess they've got, to, they've got to fill the TV in the dead air, but give us his high school stats or something. Don't tell us that his great nan died in a, you know, by a badger or something. Just you know, give us something a bit more heartwarming and enjoyable. Yeah. Right, we're cracking on a little bit. So last one, make it, make it a quick one. So you're going in, you're a free agent. 
Okay, you've got top first round ability. You're going to start wherever you go. Which team are you going to? Ignoring, so let's just say you're going to win the Super Bowl with that team. So it doesn't matter which team you go to on abilities. Which city do you want to play in? Start with you, Owen. I mean, I'm going to be a, I'm going to be half biased here and say LA because, to me, why would you not want to go to LA anyway? Yeah, um, the charges would be brilliant, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, or, or anywhere in California for that matter. But um, failing that, got to go to Vegas. Got to be Vegas, baby. Got, got, I mean, I'd, I'd be in the casino spending all my salary at blackjack. Table, so I, I would not last longer. But hopefully, if I pick up a ring while I'm there, uh, which would probably end up on a blackjack table as well. Um, you can pawn it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Vegas sounds like a good laugh. So I, I definitely want Vegas picking me up. Mr. Alden Shaw? I'd love to say Chicago, but I'd like to survive. And it's like such a deadly, <laughs> deadly place. So let's avoid that. But I would love uh, New Orleans. Uh, mainly because I'm a massive foodie. And <laughs> they have some cracking food down there. <laughs> I'd, be the fat, I'd have to be a lineman though. Because I'd, I'd eat be, so much crap. Don't be a kicker. Be a fat <laughs> kicker. Mort, Morton, a fat what's kicker. Morton Anderson? <laughs> you'd, you'd, want to sign wherever, you'd want to sign wherever Beckton signed. Oh my word, that is a big guy. Big guy, isn't it? And his highlight was his mum's a soul food caterer. I'll room, <laughs> I'll room with you. <laughs> Go on then, Jonah, who do you play for? See, I, I had a look at it and protect Joe Chicken. I go to Florida, no income tax. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> The only other place with low low income tax was Seattle, and it chucks it down. No, I know where I'm Vegas, and, and I'd have the gambling yeah. tax yeah, that would be self-imposed. <laughs> <laughs> In four years as a rookie, it, well, I don't want to work for the Glazers, so it'd be Jacksonville or Miami, and then move somewhere, move somewhere else, move inland, experience it a bit once I've got protected my chicken. XFL teams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Playing summer. I kind of went a bit more nerdy on this one. Um, I would go anywhere in the NFC South because you haven't got to play really anywhere cold. And I hate the cold, and that'd be my only concern. I'm getting paid wherever I go. Anywhere in the NFC. Yeah, and not NFC South. So oh. I'm looking at Falcons, Panthers, Saints, yeah. or Buccaneers. You've got two domes, and then Florida and the East Coast. Doesn't get cold in any of them. So my three away games, depending on who I play for, are never going to be cold. So you then look at well, I've got to play. You've got to play at least one cold game. So you've probably got to play in Seattle. That's going to be a bit nippy. If you can play, you know, the Bears early in the season or preferably at home, you've not got to play many cold games. And I think for me, that would be my only thing I give a crap about is not being cold. I, I could not play in Green Bay. I'd strike. No, I remember watching a Bears game and it was Bears versus Green Bay at uh, Lambeau, and it was just like panning and it had on the screen. Um, please use cardboard provided for your feet. So I began to look at it because I'm thinking, what? They mean cardboard? And they actually provided cardboard to put your feet on so your feet didn't stick to the concrete and freeze to the concrete. Thanks. I'm thinking, and they're happy to play in this. Here's some cardboard for you fans, <laughs> but the players crack on. Yeah, on you go, lads. So 
bit of nerd again showing my see i'm not much older than you all but i feel like i've been watching this for a lot longer so you know the benches that they have uh, on the sideline they put, all put their helmets on those little sticks at the back yeah. so those sticks at the back are heated so it keeps the helmets warm in the cold weather back in the early 2000s Favre was still at green bay the hoopla the NBC made because Brett Favre was coming off, taking off his helmet and put it in a box that was warm. Oh, Favre's keeping his helmet in a box so it stays nice and warm. And it's just like, that's probably not a bad idea. It's fucking freezing. <laughs> probably should all be doing that. I'm not going to lie to you. And then, you know, now they've all got these nice heated helmet racks and they all sit next to those jet engines. But, uh, yeah, I remember him literally opening this box and the helmet was in there and it was uh, yeah, quite, uh, quite amusing, the, the big scene they made of it. You could just right, imagine gents. it freezing to your head, though. Yeah, guys, no, yeah. not <laughs> yeah. nice. I mean, we play with some when we when I played and it was in the winter. It was horrible. Yeah, we just not nice because, like you say, you, it just gets cold and then you're heavy and then it freezes and it's just you know they're quite cumbersome things anyway. And we had you know, cheap crap stuff when we were playing, so it wasn't exactly you know this top end you know the nice helmets I see these guys buying now. You know, the cheek pads were like concrete. You, you know, as soon as they got cold, you just the whole side of your face was being ruined. It wasn't nice, but certainly when it was cold, it was made worse. You definitely want to sign for a place that has these industrial fans on the side to keep you cool, rather than a helmet warmer, wouldn't you? Yeah, hundred percent. I'm not playing somewhere cold. It just doesn't happen. Having said that, if I was a kicker, I'd want to go to play for Denver. Oh yeah, because you can, you know, backheel about five hundred feet. <laughs> tell you as what well, as well with playing in the cold if i'm on defense and just mentioning mecky beckton again but if i'm on defense and i'm i'm on his side there is not a chance i am playing that week i'm pulling a sickie because i'm not getting pancaked into yeah. the snow by him <laughs> for three hours straight because you're not getting round him you'd have to catch a bus to get round him <laughs> still I'm gonna switch it on you <laughs> Could you imagine playing in a hot, a hot state alongside him? <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to have nose pegs. Yeah. One of the one of the blokes I know just gone out. He's moved out to Dubai and he's playing for one of the teams out there. And he uh, he sent me a message and it is hot as fuck when he's playing. I just again, I think that's kind of the pole opposite. I don't think I want to play if I was you know, extremely hot. I mean. Basically, I want to play in a dome. That's what I'm kind of, I've come to the conclusion. I want to play in a nice air-conditioned dome. Really easy. You know, that'll do me nicely. Life's luxuries, I think, for me. Right, gents. I think we'll uh, all knock the waffle on the head. And, uh, yeah, catch you all, guys. So, we've recorded this on... I don't even know what day it is. This whole bloody shutdown. What are Tuesday we on? Tuesday the 28th. Tuesday for us. Be Wednesday when you hear this. We'll be back again on Friday. Have a good one.